Good morning, everyone. How are we all doing? Okay, so today we're going to be talking about the fruits of the Spirit. And we're going to be going into Galatians 5. Um, before we do that, though, I want, to, I want to do something else. I feel like we as Christians and the church, we don't give enough positive affirmation. We don't encourage each other enough. I really feel like that's somewhere where we're lacking. So this morning, real quick, before I dive into the passage, who here, raise your hand, who here who has, has sought the wisdom of God at least once this week? That could mean you listen to a Christian podcast, you talk to someone about God, you chose to listen to a Christian radio station instead of listening to your one of the secular radio stations. I myself, I love country and rock, so sometimes I have a hard time choosing between the two. But who here has chosen, who has sought the wisdom of God at least once this week? Raise your hand. So, let me just tell you right now, if you're here this morning, sitting in those chairs, you have sought the wisdom of God at least once this week. If you chose to come to church this morning, or you were dragged, doesn't matter. I, I was dragged to church a lot at one time in my life. Just ask my mom. <laughs> but if you're, if you're here this morning, that means that you've chosen to seek out the wisdom of God at least once. Who has thanked the Lord at least once this week? Who has not thanked the Lord when you should have? at least once this week. <laughs> Who here felt convicted at least once this week? <laughs> right, <laughs> two hands, all right, my man. <laughs> Who here felt convicted but ignored it? Yeah. Who here felt the burdens of life just getting to be way too much? Yeah. Who gave up those burdens at least once this week? I, I did at least once. I know I did at least once. <laughs> Maybe. So the reason I'm doing this, the reason I ask those questions, is because if you did it at least once this week, at least once, you prayed once this week, you said, God, thank you, at least once this week. You are like that woman who said, if I just reach out and touch the tassels, of, woman, of Jesus' robe. If I just reach out and touch the tassel, I'll be healed. So if, you've, if you're sitting here today, then you are like that woman. Amen. Amen. We don't, we don't recognize that enough. That if you're just, just once, you're like that woman. You're, you're like Peter who took one step out of the boat and continued to walk. Yeah, he did sink, but that's okay. Jesus said, that's okay. Let me help you up. You know, sometimes as we go through life, we forget to be joyful about things, about the little things, about the big things. We forget to be thankful. Sometimes we sin. I know, it's weird. I sin. It's odd. But that's okay, because Jesus loves you unconditionally. He does. He loves you unconditionally. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter the choices that you make. 
He still loves you unconditionally. Okay, so now we're going to change gears just slightly, just a slight shift. We're going to go into, um, there we go, fruits of the Spirit versus fruits of the flesh. So if the Spirit is in you, you're going to produce fruit of the Spirit. If you don't have the Spirit in you, you're going to produce, you're going to carry out the works of the flesh. Real simple, black and white. So I am a big picture kind of guy. I like looking at the grand, the whole thing, and then kind of highlighting a few things here and there. So um, I'm going to read Galatians 5, and you can follow along if you'd like, or you can just listen. There will be highlights of different verses um, as I go along, but I'm going to read through it first, and then we'll dive in and do little highlights here and there. It was... Would you stop moving? Thank you. It was, for, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. And I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. You have been severed, uh, you have been severed from Christ, you who are seeking to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. You were, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion did not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. I have confidence in you and the Lord that you will adopt no other view, but the one who is disturbing you will bear his judgment, whoever he is. But I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? Then the stumbling block of the cross has been abolished. I wish that those who are troubling you would even mutilate themselves. For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. In this statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its, desi flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carous... Man, that's a hard one. Yeah, that word, carousing, mm -hmm. 
and things like these of which I forewarn you, just as I forewarned you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. So, what's going on right now is, at this time, so at this time, there was this debate about circumcision. That's the background scene. That's what's going on in the background here, is um, apparently there were those going around saying that you could not be saved, a Christian, a follower of Christ, unless you were circumcised. And in Acts, we see this from Acts 15.1. There it is. Some men came down from Judea and began teaching the brethren, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Now, the problem with this is circumcision was a Jewish thing. It was a Jewish culture tradition. And what they were saying is that Gentiles, unless they, needed, unless they wanted to be saved, they had to convert to Judaism. And, and, that's, and this was a big deal. Like this, was, this went to a council. It was debated over with many people. It carried on for a long time. But we know that, um, but it tells us in Genesis 17, I'm going to steal third. Okay, perfect. We got it. I have no clicker, so I'm over here throwing hand signals to Glenn back there. Genesis 17:10. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between you and me. So circumcision was meant only for the Jewish people to separate them from everyone else. And it was just a sign of the covenant between God and his people. So, but when Jesus, after Jesus died on the cross and the church came on the scene, it became a very confusing time. What do you mean that anyone can become one of God's people just by believing? No, no, no. They have to convert. That's how, that's how it's always been. You can't change things. You have to convert. And so they started debating back and forth over this. But not just debating, but irrationally arguing. We still do this today, do we not? I mean, like, we still argue over things today. Over little things, too. Over false ideals that come into the church. Over, oh man, there's a long list. Like, I could spend hours up here going over the different things that have been debated over the years, within the last month, even. But when Paul is speaking to the, to the church of Galatia, he's speaking like they knew better and they still believed these lies. And that's why in verse 
8 and 9 of Galatians 5, it says, The persuasion did not come from him who calls you. This persuasion did not come from Christ. These ideas did not come from Christ. And in verse 9, a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. The smallest thing will ruin the whole thing. It will cause hostility. So I, I didn't get my handout together fast enough. Um, you know, apparently a month to prepare a sermon was not long enough. Uh, procrastination is a real thing. <laughs> um, so those that are taking notes, I will have points throughout the, uh, throughout the PowerPoint, and they'll just look like this. Um, but if you don't take notes, you just want to listen, that's cool too. So the next thing that we're going to go into is the hostility, the atmosphere around this. There it is. The hostility, the, the atmosphere around the scene that's going on. So we have the background of the debate that's going on, the council that's being held, and now we have the atmosphere. What's, what is going on around them is this hostility. That's why it says in verse 13, For you are called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. We've been freed from the yoke of sin and law, so we are able to choose flesh and spirit. You're able to choose. Did you know that? You have the, free, you have the choice. But this freedom can be taken advantage of. We sin every day knowing that God will forgive us, right? I, I, I know that I, in the back of my head, I know that God's going to forgive me. And so I have the freedom of choice. I know that I can do whatever I want because God will forgive me. But Paul here says, do not take advantage of that freedom. And in verse 14, it says, For the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law is fulfilled in one word, yourself. Right? It's all about me? No, love. <laughs> love. <laughs> right. Love. The whole law is fulfilled in that one word, in love. Everything. It's all about love. Love is everything. Love is the reason we are saved. So recently, so talking about love, uh, recently a very close friend of mine was going through some really hard times with their significant other, and I told them that, you know, the, the old me wanted to, wanted to come out, and I told them that I would love to put that person in the hospital for you, because that's how much they angered me. But I, but I told them that I know that love is actually going to be more harmful in the long run. If I just love them through it, if I just love that individual, if I just love your significant other, it's actually going to do more good, and it's what God calls us to do. So verse 15 says, But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. So if you bicker back and forth, that's fine. If you're going to argue and dispute back and forth, that's fine. But don't consume. The word consume here means to destroy, to tear down. So if you're going to bicker back and forth, that's okay. We bicker all the time. 
but don't do it in a way that's going to tear each other down, that's going to destroy someone. Things of the flesh, uh, to bite and devour, is not loving. We're to love each other. We're to love our neighbor. As hard as it may be, I know it's hard to love your neighbor. I know it's hard to love people sometimes. But to bite and devour is not loving. To consume or destroy is not loving. Things of the flesh are not loving. The things of the Spirit are always loving. We disagree on things all the time. Disagreements are common. But what you do with that disagreement, what you do in that moment, is totally up to you. What you do with the oppositions, what you do with the hostility that may be in the atmosphere, it's totally up to you. You can be loving or you can destroy one another. The temptation is to give in to the flesh. The temptation is to consume one another. But we are to be loving. So, for example, as an example of the hostility that we can sometimes go into and the uh, temptation to consume one another, what about all the stuff going on with COVID? All the political debates going on? All the, um, you know, should you get a vaccine? Should you not get a vaccine? What if you're going to wear a mask? What if you choose not to wear a mask? It doesn't matter. Your choice is your choice. You're supposed to still love them through it. And that's why in verse 16 he says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets the desires against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For, excuse me, for these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. So the flesh and Spirit, think of two magnets. You try to put two magnets together, doesn't work, right? They shove each other apart. It just, no matter how much, doesn't work. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. So Romans 17, 15, and 20 say, For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not want... Perfect, I did have a slide. For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. In verse 20, Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. So I do the things that I don't want to do, and the things I do want to do, I don't want to do them. Wait, what? No. <laughs> that, it's always got, like I've always had to read that several times to fully get it. I do the things that I don't want to do, and the things I do want to do, I don't do them. So, wait a minute, hold on. I'm doing the things that I don't want to do, the things that I hate because of sin and the things I do want to do, I'm not able to do them because of sin. How, how curious is that? How interesting is that? That, that? That's the effect of sin in our life. That's the effect of flesh in our life. The things, that we don't, the things that we want to do, we're not able to do them. The things that we do do, we hate. Through Christ we are set free and no longer have to live and sin. You can choose. You have the freedom of choice to walk with the Spirit or carry out the desires of the flesh. You have the choice. So now we're at the forefront, the center stage. 
Now we're getting to the meat and potatoes. The, the, the thing that he's actually talking about. Not the atmosphere, not the background, but the center stage. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So it doesn't say fruits, like they're an outcome. It says the works or the deeds. These are the things that someone that doesn't have the Spirit in them, they're just going to naturally do. So immorality, impurity, and sensuality, these are unclean things. Idolatry, worshiping of false idols, sorcery, using magic, often connected with evil or tapping into the evil spirits. Enmities, having enemies. So, you know, we're going to not like someone. We're going to have arguments. But an an enemy is someone that you seek to destroy. You seek to consume them. We're called not to have that. That's the work of the flesh. Strive. Some translations will use bitterness instead of strife. And um, bitterness sometimes is a violent conflict or dissension. It can turn into a violent conflict or dissension. Jealousy, intolerance of rivalry, or unfaithfulness, outburst of anger. I, we, I don't need to have a definition of that, do I? <laughs> we've, we've all experienced outburst of anger. I used to be really good at that one. That one was one that I, you know... I was good at that one. Disputes, that was another one I was good at. Disagreements are one thing, but to dispute something means that you are disagreeing, nearing, or reaching hostile levels. Dissensions, actively quarrying, quarreling. Factions, so the Greek word that's used here also means heresies or false teaching. So a faction would be a, a hostile group or person that is uh, teaching false things. Envying, painful or resentful awareness of an advantage enjoyed by another, joined with the desire to possess the same advantage. Drunkenness, carousing, so it essentially just means partying. I think some other translations will use um, orgies uh, or different things of that type. But see, the thing is, all these things are opposite of God. These works or deeds would be of someone, these works or deeds would be of someone choosing to carry out the desires of the flesh. Paul used this incident of the debating of the circumcision, whether you need to uh, be circumcised to be saved, the works versus faith idea, to show the church of Galatia, to show us what the works of the flesh are, what the deeds of the flesh are, what it means to give in to the desires of the flesh. And it's not just in disputing that these happen. It's not just in the arguments that, these, that, the, that you will give in to the works of the flesh, but it's also, it can happen at any time. 
Without the Spirit, your natural tendency will to be act, to act as the natural man, to do these works of the flesh. I can remember when I was living a, a sinful life, when I was out, when I was out living a sinful life, when I was doing the things that I wanted to do. Oh, actually, I have a slide for that. There it is. I can remember when I was out living a sinful life. I actually call it my BC days, before Christ days. When I was out living this in my sinful life, it was easy for me to be addicted to cigarettes. It was easy for me to get drunk. It was easy for me to turn away from God. It was easy to carry out the works of the flesh. My actions were absent of the Spirit, and in some way or another, I was absent of the Spirit. And that's because all works of the flesh are absent of the Spirit. So now we have the opposing side, that other magnet. They can't exist. Jesus doesn't share his throne, right? It's not, you know, half the throne, half of my life is going to be for the works of the flesh, and the other half is going to be for Jesus. No, Jesus doesn't share. I'm sorry, but he's selfish. Which, he's within his rights to be selfish. So, but the fruit of the Spirit, so this is verse 22 and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Love. The love here is an unconditional, selfless love. The kind that's talked about in 1 Corinthians 13.4. John 3.16. Christ dying for us. That's the love. Joy. I didn't know this, but joy is not only an emotion, but an action too. And the joy as an emotion, it's spontaneous. You can't command that to come forward. But joy as an action, that's rejoicing. That can be commanded. Actually, Scripture commands us to rejoice in all situations. So no matter what's going on, we are to be joyful. We are to rejoice. It doesn't matter. You stub your toe. I don't want to rejoice after my, when my toe hurts. We are to rejoice. I have nothing left in my bank account. My car broke down. I have a broken foot. You rejoice. Peace. It's a total well-being, prosperity, and security associated with God's presence among his, peop- among his people. It is also associated with being at rest or being a peacemaker or peaceful. So essentially the peace here, when when you produce or when you choose peace, you are to be at rest in God and you are to be at rest at such a level that you will, others will be, others will feel that same peace. There we go. Patience. Ugh. Patience. I have a hard time with patience. I have a really hard time. That's why actually, that's why I'm really bad at fishing because I have zero patience. I, I just want the fish. I want the fish on the hook. That's what I want. And, and I have a really hard time with patience while I'm driving. Yeah. I, 
So much. Patience is a hard one for me. And patience essentially is any inconvenience in your life, minor or large, you choose to not lash out in those times. That's what patience means, is you're choosing to not lash out. You're choosing to not become irritated. Kindness, an action that shows affection and compassion. Goodness. When faced with right and wrong, goodness is to always do the right thing. It's to always choose the moral good. Faithfulness, to maintain faith and trust in God, holy, holy, not holy, like God is holy, but complete, and be loyal to him as he is loyal to us through all situations. Gentleness, mild-mannered, humble, not reckless, but thoughtful and careful. I, I have, that's, that's the other one I have a hard time with, is being gentle. You know, my actions may be gentle, but I tend to be a little reckless sometimes. Um, I tend to not be very humble sometimes. I have a really hard time choosing gentleness. Oh, the next one I have on the list, self-control. Yeah, I have zero self-control. Zero self-control. It's horrible. It's awful. Like, I'm, I'm supposed to be on a diet right now, but I have zero self-control. If you put, like, a, an apple in front of me and a bowl of ice cream, I'm choosing the ice cream every time. Sorry, I, I, ice cream. When you walk with the Spirit, these are the things that you will produce. Yes, you have to choose them. I think I have, yeah, there it is. You have to choose this fruit. Just like with the works of the flesh, you choose to do those things. You have to choose to do these things. But the closer you get to God, the, the more your relationship develops, the easier it'll become. Now, I'm not saying that those that don't have the Spirit in them don't do these things. That's not what I'm saying. I've actually known people who weren't Christians were that had better patience than I did, that, were, that chose the right thing more often than I did. But if you want to have a full life, if those individuals want to have a full life, they need to have the Spirit in them. Love without Christ, is it really love? Faith without faith in Christ, is it really faith? You know, someone that has faith in something but they don't have, their faith isn't in Christ, is it really going to withstand anything? Is it really going to measure up? Someone that, um, goodness. Someone could be a good individual. I've known a lot of really good people that weren't Christians. But without Christ in them, without them, without the Spirit in them, it'll be harder and harder for them to choose the right thing, the moral good, every time. So, the closer my relationship got with God, the more fruits I produced. Great example is my driving. I used to be have a lot of road rage. Like, windows are great, because otherwise I'd probably 
would have hurt a lot of feelings and probably gotten a lot more trouble because I'd sit there in traffic and just be screaming and yelling at the person in front of them because they were not going five over the speed limit like I wanted to go. Or they were taking too long or whatever it may be. I told you, patience, that's a hard one. That's one that I had to learn. But patience became easier. And patience became more often. I have a hard time with goodness, but it became easier the closer I got to God. And the decision to choose the works of the flesh or the, the fruit of the Spirit became easier the closer my relationship got to God. So these are fruits, meaning that they are produced, but it's still choice. I'm using that word a lot, choice, choice, choice. Because I want you to understand, we all need to understand that it's all a choice. An argument I've had with, with my mom, actually, everything in life is a choice. You actually don't have to do anything except for die. Everything else is a choice. Everything else is a choice. You know, when you're a child, there's things that you have to do. There's things that you just, that your parents tell you you have to do. But, I mean, like, I got two little nephews who choose not to eat. I, they, they do. They choose not to do things. It's all a choice. So, as we're closing out this, as we're closing out this chapter, as we're closing out Galatians 5, okay, which will you choose? As we're closing out Galatians 5, we'll come down to the last three verses. We're faced with the ultimate question we face every day. Which will you choose? Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If you belong to Christ, your passions and desires have been crucified. They have died. They're no longer there. You are free now. You are free from sin. The yoke of slavery that which is put on you by sin is gone. Harry Potter just gave you a sock. You are now free. If you don't understand that reference, ask a Harry Potter nerd. They'll explain it to you. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. If you're going to choose to live by the Spirit, if you're going to choose a Christian life, you need to walk with the Spirit. If you're going to choose to have the Spirit in you, you need to also choose to walk with the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. If you're to live by the Spirit and choose to not... <clears throat> I gotta make sure I get this one right because it was hard. If you are to live by the Spirit and choose to not walk with the Spirit and choose the works of the flesh, is it not a sin? If you're going to choose the works of the flesh, if you're going to choose to not walk with the Spirit, not to not choose those fruits, is that not a sin? What I, when, when God gave me that, that hurt. That hurt a lot. Because every time that I chose to not be patient with someone, every time that I chose to lash out in anger, it's not that big of a deal. I just lost my patience. Yeah, whatever. No, that's actually a sin. 
every time that I chose to not have self-control. That's a sin. So, this here, this is called European spindle. It's a fruit over in Europe, and it's actually, it's extremely deadly to humans. I think birds can eat it, but humans can't. Your organs start to fail, and you start vomiting, and then you die. So, what if it was a sin to eat this fruit? Wait a minute, didn't we already see that experiment happen? Interesting. So if you're sitting there thinking, but Master Shifu, what about when I'm hungry? What about, you know, when I'm hungry, my blood sugar starts to dip, and I get, I get hangry. I, I, I can't control myself. Well, Poe, you can eat this. You can eat this fruit, but you're going to die. Or you can be patient, and you can have an apple, something that's good for you. You know, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Apparently an apple a day does more than just keep the doctor away, right? So, but, but Nathaniel, what about when I got Grandma Rose from the Golden Girls in front of me on the highway going 20 below the speed limit and, and I'm late to work and she's just she's going so slow. So? If you're late to work, that's on you. You didn't give yourself enough time. Don't, don't yell at Grandma Rose. She didn't do nothing to you. What about when she's at the checkout stand and I'm tired and, I'm, and I want to go home and she's taking forever? So? Doesn't mean anything. She didn't do anything to you. There's no reason for you to act out. There's no reason for you to lose your patience. No matter the situation... You have to choose to walk with the Spirit and deny the desires of the flesh. You are in control of your actions at all times. One of the, um, when, I was, when I was seeing a, a biblical counselor for a short time, uh, him and I walked through this thing, and it was actually one of the, most, one of the greatest things for me. Um, he made, had me make two different lists, the things that I am in control of my actions, my emotions, my will, my words, and the things that I am not in control of. Someone else's actions, someone else's emotions, someone else's words, someone else's will. You can only control you. I told that to a friend of mine, and he's like, well, actually, someone can manipulate you and control your actions for you. Yeah, but they can't control your will, and they can't control your emotions. They may, you may think that they're starting to control you, but you're still in control. Don't make excuses. Don't put it off on someone else. Ah, they made me do it. It was Grandma Rose's fault. She was going so slow, and I just lost my patience. No. Oh, I was just hungry, and, you know, that European spindle, it looked so good. I'm sure it did, but now you're dead. So I would like to leave you with two things. A question and a statement. How often... Oh, I didn't change that up there, but I changed it in my notes. That's funny. When given the choice, are you choosing the fruit of the Spirit or are you choosing the deeds of the flesh? When given the choice, how often are you choosing that apple? Apples are my favorite. I love apples. 
But I mean, like if I was hungry, I'd probably be the one to eat that European spindle, not gonna lie. I'd probably be the one to eat it and die. And two, you are in control of your actions, always. You choose what you want to do. You can choose to eat the poisonous fruit or you can choose to eat the apple. Thank you.